Welcome to Mondays with Matt, with Matt Starkey. Start each week fresh with sound financial advice. Grab your coffee and maybe a pen. It's time to kick off your week with Matt. Welcome into another edition of Mondays with Matt. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast as we talk investing, finance, and retirement. Typically here on the show, we do all sorts of different crazy topics, and we try to do analogies to get you thinking about things. And we talk in generalities because we have a wide audience. But if you've got questions or concerns, you can reach out to Matt at any time with anything you hear on this podcast or any other when it comes to your financial situation. See how it relates to you specifically. And you can call Matt at 989-401-2949. That's 989 This week on the show, we're going to be talking about some email questions. We want to catch up with some that have come in to us through the holiday season. And if you'd like to submit your own emails, you can go to GreatLakesRetirementSolutions.com. You can ask them to the show. You can just ask them to Matt in general, whatever you'd like to do. But stop by the website. A lot of good tools, tips, and resources there at GreatLakesRetirementSolutions.com. Dot com And while you're there, click on the podcast page and also subscribe to the podcast. There's no charge or anything for that. So why not? And that way you get your Mondays with Matt dosage when we put those out a couple of times a month. What's going on, my friend? How you doing this week? Hi, Mark. I am thankful today just for everything, for everything I've got. Nice. Just, just being thankful today. Yeah. That's a very nice, positive way to do the day. It's a good way to kick off a Monday. I've got, I don't have a cup of coffee with me this morning. I, I need more caffeine jolt this morning. So first thing out of the gate, I'm, I'm giving, I'm drinking a, a soda to get myself woke up, but we <laughs> get, get, get yourself a K cup on, on, uh, on demand there. There you and get go. <laughs> K cups on just, just intravenous right to the, right to the old bloodstream there. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, I was going to ask you this. Uh, I saw this in the news. I wanted to get your take on this. It's kind of a funny way to think about it because there's so much stuff going on, obviously financially through 2020 and now even into 2021, it's, like unprecedented weird stuff. Like if you'd have told anybody that you were going to have a 30% market decline and then the year was going to finish in the same calendar year was going to finish with all time market highs, you know, any advisor would have slapped you and said, no, that's not possible. It's not going to happen, but it happened in 2020. And right along with that, we've got all these crazy interest rates, things going on that are just, it's also confusing. People don't know if they should be in the market, out of the market. Uh, And the same thing with interest rates. They're so low that it seems like it's a great time to buy a house, but home values are so high, it seems like a great time to sell a house. (laughs) So which one should we be doing, right? It's really, the financial world seems to be in a blender right this minute. It is. It's it's been crazy. Um, the rates are at an ultra low, and it doesn't look like the Fed's going to move anytime soon. No. So um, even with the economy bouncing back after the pandemic last year, um, and it's still being a challenge this year, I'm not saying it's not, but it looks like interest rates are providing us uh, what we need to continue the economy launching off of this bad platform. Mm-hmm. And we're hoping that, you know, businesses do well this year, you know, that's going to say a lot for for the economy. But as long as these rates are low, it is a great time to look. If you are looking at making a home purchase, if you are, you know, a first-time investor maybe, um, now is a great time to really look at at that. 30-year mortgage rates are just um, rock bottom. Um, we've got, you got them around, give or take, around the 3% range. And it's just the market last year, if you were invested and you stayed invested in, in any kind of an equity portfolio, you would have you would have realized that probably in the last quarter, you probably did seven, eight, or even fifteen percent. I mean, it was crazy how the market jumped back. And uh, so, with with interest rates so low, 
in um, the market doing so well, a lot of times there's a lot of confidence that's instilled. But, you know, I had questions about people paying off their mortgage. Should I pay off my mortgage and take mm-hmm. the money out? And it's like, well, out of your IRA, it's taxable. So you're going to pay tax to pay off a rate uh, in the low threes, or we can keep the money invested and get 10, you know. Um, right. You know, not predictably. We can't always predict what the market's going to do this year. But um, right now, it's a great time to look at making the purchase. As you said, though, values are high. The inventory is low. <laughs> right. And uh, so actually, if you want to sell your house, you're probably going to get more for it now than than you, you would have gotten in the last five to seven years. I suppose years. it's a double, nice double whammy. If you're thinking about selling it, you could probably get a good price for it and then turn around and buy at a low interest rate the new house you're looking for. <laughs> That's right. Well, you can buy a lot more house for the money. And um, so that's what some people are looking at doing. So I, I did sell one of my um, investment homes last year. Um, I just felt the timing was right because of the housing market. And um, I put it in the market and I had two showings the first day. I had an offer accepted within within the first week. And, wow, um, nice. And it was in an area which I, I think is a little less desirable under normal circumstances, but um, with the inventory being low now is a great time if you're thinking about selling a house. Um, I've got some referrals, uh, got some realtors as clients. And so if you need help with that, um, definitely reach out. I can uh, send you a referral to one of those people. So. Yeah, absolutely. Shoot Matt an email over at matt at greatlakesretirementsolutions.com. That's matt at greatlakesretirementsolutions.com. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's certainly interesting. Now, be careful, though, because we don't want, you know, I'm afraid that what we're going to see happen with this is kind of what led into the 2008 situation is people are going to be going out and qualifying for more house than they maybe really should. Uh, yes. And then, you know, we're right back into that cycle again. You know, what's the saying? History doesn't repeat itself, but it often rhymes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so. Yeah. And that's a good reason to give me an email, too. Um, yeah. You want to make sure that out of your monthly budget, you're just a rule of thumb is your mortgage payment or rental payment shouldn't be probably more than 20 to 25% of your take home. So if you, you don't stretch it, um, you know, I know you, you want to go for that glitz and glam, but, um, be smart about it and yeah, give us a call. We can help you nail down uh, how much you have to put down and what that, what that's going to look like. Yeah. If you qualify for a half a million dollar house, but you know, in your gut that you really shouldn't be making that mortgage payment, whatever it looks like it's going to be, then don't do it just because you qualified for it. Right. Run your numbers, find out, you know, exactly what fits it within your, don't be, what's the saying, Matt, don't be house poor. Right? right, you've got so much house that you can't do anything. We just bought else. a new house, but I can't afford any furniture. But I can't do anything. Yeah, exactly. Uh, my wife and I had that similar conversation. And it's like we've got six acres and a bunch of the things we really love here on our property. But you know, sometimes you you want to keep up with the Joneses with uh, you know your friends or business partners or whatever, and you're like, oh, we should totally look at this or this or this. And it's like, why? I mean, like we're we really like what we have, you know, and we have the freedom to do some extra things because we're not quote unquote ha- you know house poor. So. Uh, Absolutely. It's all so, about finding the right balance. Well, there you go. So that's the news topic I wanted to get to. So I thought that was interesting. And thanks for some insight. And as Matt said, if you do have questions regarding that, you know, hit him up, give him a call, 989-401-2949. That's 989-401-2949. Or shoot him an email at matt at greatlakesretirementsolutions.com. All right, let's take a few email questions. I said earlier, we got these in through the holiday break. We hadn't had a chance to get to a couple of them. We'll try to work our way through some. See if we can knock out as many as we can. First one is Albert, and he wrote in and he said, Matt, should I start my Social Security at 62 to help me pay off my house before I retire? Well, interesting question, Albert. That's a case-by-case basis will be my answer. But, um, okay, so let's think about this. If you start 
Social Security at age 62. It really depends on the balance on your on your house and how much of a monthly challenge your mortgage payment is. As we just finished talking about mortgages, um, if you're if you got a big mortgage and you're getting ready to retire, I normally don't. Um, I don't know if Alberts can continue to work, and it sounds like that might be the case. And just starting Social Security to get extra income. Oftentimes, there's things you can do in your financial situation that might free up some more cash. In terms of your monthly budget, my initial instinct would be, let's have you fill out a cash flow worksheet. Give us a call if you need one of those. And um, we find out what your monthly expenses are. And then you kind of find out what you're spending every month. And uh, oftentimes, there's um, lifestyle changes we can make that will free up extra cash to pay on the principal of my mortgage. Starting an extra income stream is super beneficial, but if you start at six, your social security early, just be aware that you're limited. That's as much as you're ever going to get. So I, if you can avoid it and let that social security grow a little bit longer than age 62, that grows at about an 8% tax-free rate. So I mm. like, I'm more in favor of possibly waiting on social security and I am, however, in favor of paying off that house before you retire. So it sounds like you're going to work, continue to work. Um, I would try to adjust my monthly cash flow first to try to yeah. free up some extra cash. Uh, let your Social Security benefits grow longer. And once you know, once you hit 65, you know Medicare kicks in, so you don't have to worry so much about the expense of of the health insurance. And so that's going to free you up some money. And you might even wait take it a little earlier at 65 instead of probably 67, your normal retirement age. Right. Um, but um, I'm, I'm more in favor, Albert, of finding some monthly cash extra or doing some extra odd jobs to uh, slap extra. Yeah. I mean, locking more. it in, you know, if, if you're really just trying to pay off the house with the extra money, that's really the only reason you're thinking about turning it on. Typically, that's just not usually the wisest idea. Often for, every, and as Matt said, every situation is different, but people turning it on at 62, typically because you, you really need it, right? You really actually need the money because to your right. point, you're taking a pretty good haircut. If you can hang on just a couple more years, uh, it is a sizable difference. And you can usually see that when you go to the SSA.gov and you look at your information, you can usually see uh, the numbers difference from you know taking it at 62 versus taking it at full retirement age. So look at some other solutions, Albert. Uh, some of the suggestions Matt had, if you've got questions and, and need some help finding other ways to do that, give him a call, 989-401-2949. Let's do another email question, Matt. We've got Ron who sent one in. He said he's got one of those uh, smiley, half smirky face emoticons uh, on here. He says, I'm anticipating a market crash any day now, uh, but I have been for a while and so far I haven't seen it. So I have about half of my IRA sitting in cash, which means I'm sitting on about 350000 that's not really making me any money. And I don't want to just leave it there for too long and not do anything with it, but I'm not sure when I should reinvest. Any ideas on how long I should wait? <laughs> A loaded oh, question there, bud. Yeah. <laughs> Ron is trying to time the market. Yes, he and, is. And uh, that doesn't work for a majority of individuals. So, Ron, I guess the best advice I can give you is uh, we need to talk about the risk that you're taking and work with an advisor that will coach you to make the right decisions. Um, when you say, how long should I wait before I invest or reinvest the cash? I always ask people this question. When is the best time for me to be prudent with my money? Mm -hmm. Yeah, anytime, right? Yeah, right now. Right now, be, yeah. pr be prudent right now. So the factors that go into answering this question are, number one, get the money in the market now, if you're going to be in the market. And the second question is, make sure in a really 
take a good hard look at your risk tolerance. If you're not comfortable having all 350,000 of that in the market, then maybe we look at a separate investment that is going to be one of those fixed and guaranteed for a chunk of our money. Mm-hmm. And then we we leave what we're comfortable with in the market. So a couple of questions I have is, is liquidity, how, how soon before you need it? And secondly, 350,000 in cash is too much in cash if you're wanting to get return, which is your the basis of your question here. So I would say be prudent with your money, get it invested. Even if you go into a low risk, more of a low risk portfolio or even some bonds, you definitely need to get the yield. And uh, if you have any more than, let's say, six months of your expenses sitting in cash, you're prob- that's probably just a little too much in cash. So give us a call. We'll, we'll help you um, figure out a couple of other pieces of your financial situation um, before I make that recommendation. But um, I would be prudent and I would get it in the market now because there's no guarantee it's going to crash. It's you're just because you're speculating. People have been doing that for the last couple of years and we've been hitting all-time market highs. Here. I mean, other than the pandemic to my conversation to kick this show off was other than yeah. that and that weird, you know, and again, who would have thought that we would have taken a 30% knock, you know, and within the same calendar year reached all-time highs. It's double, just, double digits. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Double just digit increases in the in the market. So Crazy numbers. Uh, so Yeah. I, w- I would not be sitting on cash any longer than absolutely necessary and keep what you need aside. Sure. And, keep your emergency fund. Right. Yep. Yeah, definitely keep that emergency fund in place there, uh, Ron. So reach out to Matt, give him a holler, give him a jingle. Uh, stop by the website, greatlakesretirementsolutions.com. You can contact him that way. Lots of places to do that, and you can get the number and all that good stuff. And it's on here in the show as well, in the show notes. Uh, let's do one more here, if we can squeeze in one more before we have to wrap this up this week. Tom had a question for you, and he sent in an email and says, Matt, I have an MBA, and I understand investments quite well. So I've always handled my portfolio instead of having any professional help. And I've done a pretty good job, honestly. So in your honest opinion, is there any real reason for a person like myself to work with an advisor? Well, interesting question you have there, Tom. Your MBA depends on what you have that in, but um, or, or maybe it doesn't. Uh, see, the, the reason a lot of people need to work with an advisor is, number one, there's just a, a handful of ongoing rules and regulation changes that happen frequently. Yeah. Puts us in a different tax situation. And if your MBA is in finance and you've studied it and you've really been conscientious, put in putting in a lot of time for a good understanding of how tax laws work and which investments we need to tap for, for tax purposes, and I'm familiar with the tax brackets, and it, there's a lot of tax planning to be done that people just don't have a capacity to understand, I find, with the average person. Um, then there's other things like how risky is your portfolio? Can you tell me what your standard deviation is? in the number format mm-hmm. and then give me an idea for how much you could lose or how much you could gain over in the next six months to a year. Often people can't answer those questions. The, the, the next thing is how much are, is your investments costing you? Have you done a full analysis on the investments that you own? What type? Is there a, is there a less expensive or costly way to own those? Uh, are you diversified how you should be? There's a lot of questions that come into play that we as professionals work with every day. And so these are automatic, automatically things that trigger in our mind. And so is there really a reason to work with me and as an advisor? Absolutely. I can tell you that right off the bat. Then we got to look at titling of your accounts. Are they going to pass and avoid probate? We got to look at beneficiaries. Yeah. Um, same thing. Are we paying? I just ran into a couple the other day who have their IRAs paying into their trust. So then it goes to the two kids. Well, 
if you don't have the language in your trust, the problem is any income that's received into an estate or a trust over 12950 is going to be taxed at the highest 37% bracket, okay? Their sons would get taxed at 22%. So their problem was not even their problem. It's more for their beneficiaries. They're going to write a check to the government for 37% before their kids inherit the money, or you could just leave it directly to the kids. So yeah, I mean, there's so many things, Matt. And there's I think, so many things. <laughs> you know, that was the first thing I thought when I read this was obviously Tom's a smart guy and he's done really well, but accumulation and building your wealth is totally different than preserving it and distributing it in retirement or distributing it. I can't talk today. Uh, it's totally different in <laughs> retirement because there are so many of these little things. And I guess the final piece that I would probably say to think about on this, Matt, and you tell me what you think is, you know, what's your time worth, Tom? Because obviously how much time are you spending doing all this? Because when it comes to the retirement portion, as Matt's already alluded to some of these things, there's a lot more fine minutia detail to go through. And is that something you really want to do when you're retired? Like, do you, you know, half right. the reason that you work with somebody is so you can enjoy retirement, but also yeah. have that kind of peace of mind that, hey, things are covered on the back end and I can go do the things I've been waiting 40 years to do. Yeah. I would say um, definitely, Tom, go go ahead and, and worry about your gardening and getting your bulbs in the right season, <laughs> and we'll, we'll worry about your financial stuff. So. Well, and that's a great um, reason yeah. for a review, too. Just have the conversation and see maybe it's the right fit. Maybe it's not, you know? Absolutely. And there is a reason people do things on their own, but, you know, I just recently met with one of these um, folks, and she's a good amount of money. And um, so I was asking questions, finding out, you know, why she was here. And she said, well, I called this 800 number or this particular investment company wanted me to pay them X amount of dollars per year to handle my money. Why would I do that? And I was like, yeah, why would you do that? You tell me, because if I asked you what your average rate of return is on your portfolio, she had no clue. And then I said, well, what, and she told me she didn't like insurance and, you know, insurance companies. And then she told me, proceeded to tell me the list of investments that she had. And one of them was, a, was an insurance company. I said, well, you have insurance. If you don't like insurance companies, why do you own one? Right. Like, I do. I do. Yeah. This company is, that's an insurance company. Oh, I didn't even know that. Well, so people don't know what they don't know. And definitely worth, at least like you said, Mark, meeting with a professional to find out, do yeah. I need help? Am I doing things capably or am I doing things really poorly? And so um, I'd bet that we can find at least two things in your situation that we could improve. All right. Well, there you go. So thank you so much for your time on the podcast. As always, we appreciate the email questions. Uh, again, if anybody has any questions before you take any action, you should always check with a qualified professional. Uh, even if you think you're doing a good job yourself and you probably might be, or you probably are, or you're even working with somebody, sometimes a second opinion can still be a very useful thing, especially if there's no cost or obligation to it. So whether you're working with Matt or not, and you need some help, give him a call 989-401-2949. It's 989-401-2949. We are out of time this week on the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Google, Spotify, uh, all the different platforms. You can find it all at GreatLakesRetirementSolutions.com on the podcast page. That's GreatLakesRetirementSolutions.com. Matt, my friend, I'll see you next time here on the show. Thank you so much. I hope you have a great week. You too, Mark. Thanks, and thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll catch you next time here on Mondays with Matt. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.